Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. A quick reminder, if you want to attend the Total Marriage Refresh Conference, now is the time to sign up. Go to my website, drwyattfisher.com, click on Retreats, and you'll see a list of the 18 cities we're going to be in this next month or two. So if you want to have a concentrated time to boost your relationship, you have to attend the Total Marriage Refresh. In it, you'll learn the top six steps to marital satisfaction, the very thing I talk about at the intro of my podcast. That's what's taught at the conference. There's no group sharing. There's no men bashing. It's just time for you and your partner to reconnect and heal and build your relationship. It's also designed for all couples. So whether you're dating or you're engaged or you're married, it's for you. So if you're interested, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com and click on retreats. I had a new review come in and I always appreciate reviews because it shows me that this podcast is making an impact. So this is what it says. I'm so thankful to you, Dr. Wyatt, for what you do. I found you on TikTok, I asked you a question, and you were so kind to reply back instantly. Now I am here addicted to your podcast. That's a good addiction to have. I'm so thankful to hear that. Thank you. If you're listening to this, thank you for taking the time to leave a review. When you leave a review, again, it shows me that this podcast is working, it's making an impact, and every time you leave a review, it helps my podcast rank higher on search results so more couples find it. So if you haven't already left a review, be sure to do so at the end of this podcast episode. Just take 30 seconds and leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. Okay, today I'm gonna talk about six ways to boost your communication skills. Are you a good communicator? Would your partner say you're a good communicator? As a psychologist and a couples therapist, when I work with couples, it's a common problem. Couples have a really hard time communicating well. And sometimes it's hard to know what they're describing or what they're referring to when they say, we have communication problems. Sometimes it means how they handle conflict. Sometimes it's referring to listening skills. Sometimes it's referring to being able to articulate what they're trying to say. But communication skills and communication problems are very, very common for couples. So I thought I would go through six tips on how to boost your communication skills. First one is don't interrupt your partner. When your partner is speaking, shut your mouth and listen. Keep your lips shut when your partner is speaking. Let them finish their thought. Let them finish their sentence. Let them get it all out. And if you wanna do really good, when they're done talking, count to three in your head before you say something. Because a lot of times, even if you wait until you think your partner is done talking, they're actually not. They're just in the middle of a thought process. A lot of us will pause as we're gathering our thoughts and trying to articulate what we want to say. So don't just jump right in the moment you think they're done. Count to three in your head and then say something. So this is one you really need to work on if this is you. If you tend to interrupt your partner, really try to be mindful. If their mouth is moving, yours should not. Number two, don't bring it back on yourself. Are you the kind of person when you listen to your partner, the moment they're done talking, you share something about yourself, you bring it back on you, 
You bring it back on your experience, on your history, on your thoughts, on your story. If you do that, you're going to come across as self-absorbed, as selfish. And that may not be at all what you're trying to do. You might be trying to relate to your partner, trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to relate to them. There's a time and place to relate. But it needs to come after. It needs to come later. When your partner is sharing, keep the focus on them. Talk about what they're feeling. Talk about what their thoughts are. Don't bring it back on yourself because that's going to make you seem self-absorbed. Number three is don't fix. Are you a fixer? When your partner starts to talk about things, they start to vent about how something is hard or something is difficult or something they're struggling with, what do you do? A lot of us fix it. And what we mean by that, what, what I mean by that when I say fix is that means you start trying to solve their problem. You start suggesting ideas. You start suggesting solutions. You start saying what you think they should do. But that's a problem. Do you know why? It's because your partner never asked you for advice. They were just venting. And this is something I've had to work on and I constantly have to be mindful of it because I am a fixer by nature. And my heart's not in the wrong place. My heart's actually in the right place. When my wife is venting to me, I'm trying to help her feel better by fixing her problem, whatever that problem is that she is describing. But guess what? She doesn't want me to fix it because then it feels like I'm trying to fix her. And that doesn't express support. That doesn't express that I have her back. That doesn't express that I get it. That expresses I'm trying to fix it and I'm trying to fix her. So you don't wanna fix it. Have this guideline in your, in your brain, this rule of thumb that I'm not gonna give any advice to my partner unless they ask me for it. If your partner says to you, what do you think I should do? If you're in my shoes, how would you respond to this issue? If they ask for your opinion, then you have a green light. So make it a practice of I'm not gonna give any advice to my partner unless they ask me what I think. Because if they don't ask, they don't want my opinion. So I shouldn't be given my opinion. No one likes unsolicited advice. And most of us are very guilty of this, that we give it all the time. But try to think about what you really need to be fixing. What you really need to be fixing when your partner is venting is them feeling alone in their distress. And the way you fix that is through empathy. And we'll get to empathy later. But you can retarget your fix-it desire. So you can't stop yourself from being a fixer. But what you can do is have a different target that you're trying to fix. So no longer think about trying to fix the presenting problem. Think about, I need to fix my partner feeling alone in this problem. Number four, have regular talk time. Do you have regular talk time with your partner? Do you have a regular routine where you can do the head heart check? I encourage couples I work with, have a head heart check more days than not, so that'd be at least four days a week, where you're carving out this time to talk. It's your head heart check. As a reminder, the head heart check is where you each take turns asking each other, what's been on your head and heart? And you need to do some prep before you enter the head heart so you have things to share. And think about what have I been feeling? Have I been mad or sad or glad or fearful? And then why have I been feeling those things? 
During the head heart check, as a reminder, you can't share anything negative about your partner or else they're gonna avoid it. And like I've already mentioned, you can't fix, you can't fix each other. But it's really helpful having a regular talk time because you both know, oh, that's our time to talk. So when you're in that regular talk time, that's when you can bring up your big thoughts from the day, your big emotions from the day. This is helpful because then you both know, oh, this is our time to talk. This is our time to focus. This is our time to really turn on those good listening skills. And it prevents you from bringing up a lot of stuff to each other randomly throughout the day. When there's not regular talk time, partners tend to just bring up important stuff to them randomly throughout the day And often that's not a good time for their partner to hear it or to listen to it. So they don't respond well, then the person who brought it up gets their feelings hurt because they don't feel heard and there's a mismatch there. It's a withdrawal in the relationship. So to prevent that, it's so helpful having a designated regular talk time in your relationship. It doesn't have to be long. It could be 15 minutes a day and you wanna make it into a pattern, a routine that's predictable. So a lot of couples will do it every night when their kids go to bed, or every night after dinner, or every morning with coffee, but some type of predictable connecting ritual for you to do your head heart check. And what that does is when things then pop up for you throughout the day, you can think, oh, I wanna share this with my partner. Sometimes you can, sometimes it's a good time for them, and you can share it in the moment and be spontaneous. But other times you'll think, ah, this isn't a good time for them. They're not gonna be able to really listen right now. So let me hold off on sharing it and I'll share it later during our head heart check. So it puts you both on the same page. You're not randomly trying to share stuff. And that creates a lot of frustration and a lot of feelings get hurt. Number five, give undivided attention. So when you have your regular talk time, what do you do during it? Well, I've already described some of it. You're gonna ask each other what's been on your head and heart. Then you're gonna practice sharing, but nothing negative about each other. But then you're gonna really focus on give undivided attention. So what this means is you're gonna power off your phone. You're gonna put away the tablet. You're gonna shut off the TV. You're gonna have the kids somewhere else or in their beds. This is time for you to power off and turn off everything that might distract you while your partner is talking. How much do you do this for your partner? How much do you power off everything? How much do you face them and give them 100% your undivided attention? That is a gift. When you give your partner your undivided attention, it says to them, I'm all ears. I'm 100% present. I want to hear all that you have to say. That is very powerful. So you want to face them. You want to face them head on with your body. You want to look them in the eye and you want to have nothing you're fidgeting with, nothing you're playing around with, nothing you're distracted with. Undivided attention means you are literally giving your partner all of your presence. That's going to make them feel seen. That's going to make them feel cared for that's gonna make them feel connected and close to you. But a lot of us never do it because we're looking at our phones. We're distracted with the TV on. We're getting something to eat. We're talking with one of our kids. We're petting the dog. Most of us are so distracted that we never give our partner undivided attention. It's a gift. 
So if you carve out this regular talk time, it's a wonderful way to then give them undivided attention in it. Number six is give empathy. So during the head heart check, if you can't fix it, what can you do? You can give empathy. Now, I've talked about empathy a lot, but it's something I need to talk about more because most people are not naturally gifted at empathy. And what is empathy? We need to define our terms. Empathy is not agreeing with what your partner feels. So if your partner is venting about something during your head heart check, empathy is not when you can relate. It's not when you can feel what they feel. It's not when you would feel the same thing if you were in their shoes. It's not those things. Because if it was, you would rarely be able to empathize because you're a different person. You're not gonna feel the same way. You probably wouldn't feel the same way if you were in their shoes. And that's where we get caught up. Because a lot of times we're listening to our partner vent and we think, well, that's ridiculous. Well, they're overreacting. Or why why are they feeling like that? I wouldn't feel that way. And because we're having those kind of thoughts, we're unempathetic to what they're feeling. So remember, empathy is not if you agree with what your partner is feeling. Instead, what empathy is, it's when you put yourself in your partner's shoes and try to see the world through their lens. And that includes what was the trauma in their upbringing? What were the values they were raised with? What are their main insecurities now as an adult? What are their top values now as an adult? What are their top stressors? What are their top needs? What are their top hopes for the future? Those are big questions. If you can't answer those questions, write those down and ask your partner because you wanna be mindful of all those different elements that make your partner who they are when they're talking. Because if you're mindful of all those elements and you're thinking about all those different variables that make your partner who they are, that is seeing the situation through your partner's lens. So when your partner is venting, you're thinking about, hmm, how does this trigger something from their past? How does this tap into one of their values? How does this trigger one of their stressors? How does this tap into one of their values for the future, one of their goals? How does this trigger one of their needs? When you're thinking about all these things that make your partner who they are, it's gonna help you see the situation from their lens. And that's where you can empathize even if you completely disagree, even if you wouldn't feel anything that they're feeling. This is where you can see it from their lens and if you can do that, then what they're describing will start to make sense because you're seeing it from their perspective, from their vantage point. Some common empathy statements you want to master include, that sucks, or no wonder you feel like that, or I can see why you would feel that way, or it makes sense you feel X because of Y. Those are all really powerful empathy statements, and don't overcomplicate it. Just provide a short empathy statement and then silence. A short empathy statement and then silence. No wonder you feel like that. Or, that makes sense. Or, man, that sucks. Empathy, then silence. It helps your partner feel heard, helps them feel understood, helps them feel like you have their back, and it's a wonderful way for them to feel close to you. So, those are six ways to improve your communication skills. Number one, don't interrupt. 
Number two, don't bring it back on yourself. Number three, don't fix. Number four, have regular talk time. Number five, give undivided attention. And number six, give empathy. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to click the five stars and leave a review. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.